Just said that, indeed. Wise words from a man of questionable intelligence. But we don't let that bother us, do we, folks? He's our useful idiot after all, isn't he? Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. I sure hope the song we spin tonight makes us remember sitting on a shag carpet and singing into a record jacket. Sit back, relax. We're talking Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. I just said that. Why do you gotta fucking with me? So for, I'm a I'm a hoser, and you've moved here. Mm. So I mean, at best, you're an honorary hoser. Am I a poser? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Uh, should we start podding, Kev? I could do, couldn't we? I mean, I really no see no reason why we need to wait. How uh, how was your how was your week? I hear you're not feeling a hundred hundo p. Not feeling a hundo p. Yeah, I've been. I ended up missing work yesterday. Just really feeling like a ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Feeling a little bit better today, but just that sort of seasonal fluey stuff, mate. You know, you know it is. But I'm still here. You know, my commitment would, to the show is unwavering. I would let the good folks know that Mr. Brown is drinking water, and not any any liquid that looks like it's tainted by alcohol <laughs> yeah, which is a damn shame is what it is <laughs> we were discussing i may i may may grab myself a bourbon here um right away in, in, in the midst of podcasting so we'll see so just real quick here before we move on to more important things how did you enjoy the game on saturday sports go sports oh the, the game was was fabulous randy i i Good. not i mean the, the result wasn't what we wanted really right as, as you know saskatchewan fans it was it wasn't what we wanted to see but yeah. you know no i'll tell you this i thought the yeah. audio quality in the game was was fucking spot on mate was it second to like none or, or second at least to second to, to absolutely none second to maybe a couple things but other than that it was fucking <laughs> great right it's absolutely amazing and yeah i i did i did tune in out of guilt for like five minutes and then i was like why am i sitting watching this i don't want to be watching this i can just lie <laughs> you did you really that i did so just for a minute funny. well but they were so and it was like i don't know like maybe halfway through the third quarter or something and they were so oh, far behind it's like after it i'm was, not watching this yeah the first half was good actually honestly yeah. but then the last half it was just it went this shit and then you know i don't so you're a coach mm-hmm. and I, you know i mean i've played my fair share of sports and here's a question and this is a real question why 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 was it when why when they get to the end of these of game and I'm not sure what the rules are in, in the sports ball that you work on, but 
all of a sudden now they start they start throwing up uh, um uh not cautions what's the word i'm looking for flags for timeouts yeah. and you know and i've seen i see it in hockey all the time and it's clearly who you know they're gonna lose and they always have these hail mary fucking timeouts and it, it's just like the film crew's tired <laughs> we all just want to go home they're not gonna fucking win it's not gonna change anything all it does is drag it out so as like a spectator to a coach why well, the, the sports ball that I coach, Randy, we don't have timeouts. There's none of that. You can't nonsense. do timeouts? No. Football in the States is my specialty, but they have a different kind of football over here. Kick it! No, there's no timeouts. You just keep playing until the, until the game's done, and then you're, then you're done. That sounds like a beautiful game, Kev. <laughs> well, literally, it is the beautiful game, so, you know. Did you see what I did there? You <laughs> see how it just, it just, it's easy for me, Kev, those things. They just roll. They just roll off my tongue, things you're like that. The pun that. king. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow to all the football coaches out there i i just i just would like just like to say think of the cameraman and camera women think of the directors and the graphics guys and the play-by-play and, and you know even even us lowly sound people we're done we just want to go home you're gonna lose the fucking game what with the fucking timeouts <laughs> You're not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen. It's over. Anyhow, okay, that's it. Uh, I'm done. U of A versus U of S. U of A's champion, uh, and I do believe they're gonna play UBC this weekend. And so I will not be going to Vancouver. So our, I was gonna say our to our um, non North American listeners, the U U of A is the University of Alberta, and UBC is the University of British Columbia. So Randy will not be heading west, young man. You will not be going west. Our listeners are all smart enough to figure that out, Kev, but thanks. Well, you know, there's a couple of well, there's a couple of thickies in the, in the group, you know. <laughs> we'll put we'll make it in name any names, but there's a couple I wouldn't um, you know. <laughs> Just insult insult the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> hey, they they stick the boot into us on fucking social media. We can have a go back. Fuck them. Oh yeah, they sure do. They surely do. Well, should we go to social media, Randy? Because it's been a good week for you again, my friend. Um I don't know if you remember what you guessed on this one for the poll on Twitter because last week we were listening to a B-side hang on in there which yeah. we both championed I mean it wasn't a strong champion but we both sort of voted it up uh, what did you guess on this one do you remember did, no, did I do 50-50 you went 60-40 did I go 60-40 wow and I went 70-30 ah now before you read out the Twitter poll result I'm going to tell you that the combined result between Facebook and Twitter was 60.8% champion 39.2% bites the dust. So you were complaining last week that it was a hollow victory and that you wanted to be closer. Well, you're pretty damn close this week. That's pretty close. I mean, so I like, do I get a fucking plaque or what, what happens? Is something coming in the mail? Um, does, I'll bring does, you a... Does King, does King Charles send me I'll bring... a handwritten note? <laughs> I'll bring you a Bud Light next time I'm coming over. Oh, oh, Jesus. Just a glass of water would be fine then. Okay, that's well, same fucking thing really, isn't it? All right, so we have a 56.8% champion, 43.2% dust on Twitter. Um, on 74 votes, and it was really low. There's only like 40-some votes after two days. I was trying to rally the troops to see people just... I think some people are just leaving Twitter, Randy, I think is what's happening potentially, is people are actually leaving in their droves. So I'm going to start posting. I've started posting a little bit more on Blue Sky now, and we'll see where the people are. Oh, and Blue Sky, I'm not even, uh, I'm not even aware of that. What about Threads? Are there threads we should get threads? threads we're not on threads we should we should get on there yeah i was just going to say really quick before you change the subject here yeah 
2,563 views of the poll, mm-hmm. only 74 votes final. So I find that interesting. People are just lazy. Yeah, just, just, all you got to do is just click the button. You don't even have to comment. Okay. Well, Dita at My Chameleon Days did comment. Said, cool intro, great outro. What's in between is all right. I like Freddie's vocals, and Brian does a good job on the mighty six string, but it's still not top tier queen, but decent enough to be a champion. Um, Paul Bradbury said, arguably better than some of what made the album. In fact, I'd say there's little argument about that, but it's still pretty forgettable. I never listened to it. That's probably all the evidence I need to know. It's dust. So, I mean, again, I don't really argue with any of that. I mean, I, I do quite like it. I don't think, I don't think it's forgettable. And like I said, I've, I've added it to my Queen playlist. So, you know. Our friend Pank. Pank P007. Uh, it's them at their most complacent worst, which is why it's all right, I suppose, <laughs> making it up as they went along. Yeah, that's not a ringing endorsement there, Pank. But I'm not sure if it's champion or dust. Yeah, he doesn't. he's, he's not really giving away his hand. Paul Walbyoff says, voted a champion back in 89 when I bought the IWIA single. This was the B-side and didn't feature a <laughs> <laughs> feature on the vinyl Miracle album. So it gets extra points to tip it over to a champion, as this was at the time an extra new Queen song. And hey, IWIA, Randy. IA is in a world I ask. We've covered the song. It's from Fuck. the Miracle. In widgets, I <laughs> allege allegiance. I want... No. It alone. <laughs> I wank it alone. That's it. <laughs> I wank it alone. And you know what? I, if you guys want to know the truth, I do wank it alone. Well, it's more of a solo guy. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> it's not a hobby you should share with friends, is it really? <laughs> uh, Rob Mara says, vaguely remember it from the I Want It All single. Listening to it again, it's like the anti-miracle champion. And Jim C. Curtis Sparkles, I've never, I'd never heard this before today. I'll never listen to it again after today. It's palatable, better than a lot of the shit on the woefully misnamed Miracle. It's shit. It's not totally shit, but it's shit. This era can fuck right off. <laughs> Jim C.'s tipping his hand there. Jay Foth says, another squeak into champion zone this week. Hang on, there could be a song in here. Uh, and Steve at Queen Rock says, dust. I wouldn't want to share it with a friend, which is how I've been deciding my votes. I appreciate it for what it is, a refreshing escape from the Miracles production. But aside from that, it has never been that special to me. Uh, yeah, it seems to be a, a, a shared sentiment. It's interesting, eh? That, that, that's not a bad way of thinking about it sometimes. Like, would I, would I give this to someone as an example of a, of a good Queen song? I, yeah. It's, not, it's definitely not the first one I'd give people, for sure. No. So that's, I don't mind that, Steve. That's not a bad uh, system. And everyone's got a different system, and, you know. You know what? And if I'm being totally honest... Uh, I, I I don't even remember how the song goes at this point. Yeah, I do. I, but... <laughs> I, I don't. So not a ringing endorsement. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Nikki, midwife Nikki says, uh, what I love about this song is the live feel. It sounds like they were having fun playing it. There are a few of these in the Queen catalogue and they will all be champions. Your discussion about stopping the production at the right time was spot on. Champion. Hey, thanks, Nikki. Yeah, because we'd said that, you know, we were talking about had they dragged it out and made it a five minute song, then probably it would have just been interminable. So yeah, three and a half. Yeah. I think it was a good, a good length. But Alex Small says, not my bag. I like the intro and Freddie's vocal is great, but then they go off piste with all sorts, which I find frustrating. Last part sounds unfinished. Hence, it's B-side status, like the last verse of Face It Alone. Dust. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I, any of the arguments against this song, I, I don't really have any issue with, to be honest. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew Holloway, another one of those champions, but only just. File it under interesting, but not fully realized. Again. Also, Fred relying a bit too much on the hey, hey's and the let's go's to inject some excitement <laughs> or urgency uh, for my liking. Yeah, very true. Lisa Malloy, I'm not a fan of the album. It's my lowest rated, and I purchased the box set only for all the extras. But I was pleasantly surprised with how much I don't mind hang on in there. I like the opening riff. I voted it a scraped through champion. Yeah. That's there. <laughs> I was like, I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised with how much I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That reminds me of the, uh, you know, you, you know, you've cooked something for somebody and you, you know, Hey, how do you like it? And they say, I don't mind the taste. <laughs> it's like, Oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, or it, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. Well, you don't have to fucking eat it then. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Russell, weak song, no hook, trite lyrics, instantly forgettable. Maybe better than a couple of songs on the Miracle, but that is a bar solo. It's subterranean. Oh, geez. Okay. This is a long one now from uh, Fitlight Photography. Our, our pal Ruddy Rutherford. So I'm going to make sure that I read this correctly. Meh, 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 fucking meh. So, you know, I mean, erudite, concise. He's not using, he's using few words. He only used two words. He's just used mm-hmm. one of them quite a lot of times. So, mm-hmm. um, Alice's dad, Barry John Williams, says, yes, it's a B-side, but that works in its favor as they stopped producing and polishing the song at the right time. It left it with a rawness about it that doesn't age it as badly as the album. My copy of The Miracle had this on it, so I don't see it as a B-side, really. A champion. Yeah, I think the the CD, maybe, was the, or it was either the original release or the, the CD re-release, something had this on as, like, I think I had this and maybe Chinese Torch or something on there as, uh, mm. as uh, extra tracks, so... Flagpie says, without wanting to blow smoke up your arses, I agree with everything you both said. And against the backdrop of what else is all, ended up on the miracle, I think they'd all been smoking stuff out of their backsides. <laughs> the song has strong Mr. Bad Guy vibes in places too. Uh, yes. And I'm not familiar with Mr. Bad Guy. So Freddie's solo, Freddy solo record, yeah. The, uh, lots of hey hey's and let's go's on that one too, for sure. Right, right. Copy that. Paul at H. Patchkit. I was 14, and it was the B-side to the first 7-inch single I could buy as a Queen fan. Still a fun track, miles ahead of at least half of the Miracle album. And that also does seem to be a bit of a common sentiment that uh, it's, be- it's better than what yeah. did, did make the album. So. You're, looking for- you're looking forward to this now, aren't you? This, you? Because I told you that the Miracle is definitely not the worst track on the album. So. Fuck me. Yeah, that's uh, fucking hell. And you know what, Black Pie 2? Blow, blow smoke all you like. Like we're we're all fine with that, you know, metaphorically so. Oh, not yes. not for real, you know. Flattery will get you everywhere. You know that used to be a thing in I don't know, it was like I think it was the turn of the century in London, like the turn of the twentieth century, where people used to believe that blowing smoke up, like literally blowing smoke up people's asses, could revive them after they like after drowning or after serious trauma and things. That was the thing. So you used to get like all sorts of like pipes and implements for, you know, <laughs> quick, get his pants down. I've, pass me the cigar. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just think about this for a second. <laughs> Fucking hell. Just, 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 we don't try the Heimlich. I mean, that might be a first option, you know. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. Those fucking English, eh? Uh, Queen Rocks at Queen Rocks AU says, love, love, love this. Why, why, why was it not included on the Miracle? It's better than at least half the tracks that were included. Would have been nice to have real drums all the way through, but that's a very minor quibble. Big, big, big champ. There you go. Yeah. And I do like the use of uh, lowercase, all lowercase with a lowercase, 
first in first letter, lowercase with a capital first letter, and then all caps. That's, that's quite. You know, I might steal he's, that. He's ramping shit up, Kev. Come on. Yes. Uh, Dizzy Miss Chrissy at the Waters of Love says, "Blimey, more dust than champion with the vaulting." It was the other way around last time I checked. Only just a champion. I feel the same. Need a bit more punch in it. It is a bit samey, despite the changing moods. Yeah, fair enough. Aaron Mullen, smooth and hard. Initially a clear duster by default. Miracle B-side, what the fuck else could it be? But via re-listening and Queen C-side influence, I see the value. Hallelujah! The Cardinal and his proselyte has made me see the light. And uh, I, oh, do believe I, I do believe I <laughs> responded, go in peace, child, or something to that effect. <laughs> uh, and the Cardinal does, appreciates that very much. Uh, Rob Hatton, you know what he says? He says, not much to say about this. Didn't know the track before, and it didn't really hit me in any meaningful way. So then he's, he just ends the whole tweet by saying, dust. So uh, I don't think Rob likes it. Well, let's see David A. Wilson. He does. He says, champ, but barely. There's some interesting stuff on here, and Freddie is having a whale of a time. It sounds just like 20 half-decent ideas thrown together, like one of those world buffet restaurants where you've got spag ball, chicken wings, and ice cream on the same plate. <laughs> hey, they're the best kind of buffets, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds terrible. They don't do it too much for your stomach, obviously, but the next morning can be a bit tricky. But at the time, fuck it. Yeah. Michael Evans says, I'm not a big fan of this, but the excellent heavy riff definitely showed up in the Miracle box set, possibly on the I Want It All demo. No, I think I tracked that down and it was on, oh, fucking forgotten again now. It was on I Guess We're Falling Out. That's the one it's from. Mm. Yeah. Dominic Pierce loved it in 89, an exciting time as four singles off the Miracle had non-album B-sides. I definitely listened to this on the 7-inch more than the A-side, I Want It All. It should have replaced the Miracle on the album. Maybe the LP should have been called Queen. Hang on in there. <laughs> champ. So, yeah, despite all that, Dominic likes it. Uh, Paul Rowling says, A close champion, but still better than nearly all the other tracks from the Miracle. With more work, could have been a strong album track. There you go. I do wonder how much, because you know, we, we've all said that it, we, actually, we didn't. I don't think we did say that it sounded massively unfinished. I don't think that they sort of abandoned it and sort of left. I think they did. I think that was the finished thing that they had in their minds. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if it, I think at the, at the point where they decide, oh, maybe that's going to go on the album, maybe they would have gone back. And someone else had pointed out somewhere, and maybe I'll leave it for them, that had they done that and gone back to it, it could have ended up worse, right? It could have ended yeah. up being overproduced and being a bit shitty. So, yeah, yeah. Somebody we read just had just mentioned that. And a <laughs> fair point, actually. Uh, Tom Bourget says, voting a champion, but barely. Had potential for a great song, and as the B-side for I Want It All, I was very excited when it came out. Wore out my cassette single, which we were just talking about. Um, but the song seems to fizzle out like the band got bored of it. Disappointed. And then he's put an, added a, an image of the uh, the cassette single. Which, again, I love I love this. So, so you know, I was sort of this. Cassette singles, like, what a ball ache. What a, what a faff for two songs, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, having to no fucking doubt, rewind everything all the goddamn time. And I love that in brackets, songs repeated on both sides for your convenience. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's, that's mighty oh, fine my. of you. Yes. Too thanks, funny. mighty record label. Michael Green, who's got a nice Canadian flag there, says, can't remember hearing it. I'll vote champion. It's got a lot going on, but I'm okay with that. And Harry Hussey. As with Alice's Dad, I first encountered this as a bonus track on the original CD version of The Miracle, and it's one of the best tracks other than the singles. With the proviso that is intended as a B-side, a champion for me. Yeah, fair enough. Because I didn't have the CD. I didn't have a CD player back back in those days. I was still still an impoverished young lad from Wigan, Randy. I mean, 
don't pay, we didn't have enough money for go and get for CD player. We have to just go and buy cassettes. <laughs> <laughs> and did you eat boiled potatoes and boiled pork? Boiled potatoes, boiled pork, that were a luxury. <laughs> we survived on water and two two dog collars a week between four of us. <laughs> and, and just let me guess, it was uphill both ways to school. <laughs> have you ever heard right? the, the, the four Yorkshireman sketch? The Monty Python? Oh, probably. We used to live in this tiny old tumble-down house with great big holes in the roof. <laughs> house? You were lucky to live in a house. We used to live in one room, all 26 of us, no furniture, half the floor was missing. We are all huddled together in one corner for fear of falling. <laughs> you were lucky to have a room. We used to have to live in the corridor. Oh, we used to dream of living in a corridor. <laughs> Would have been a palace to us. We used to live in an old water tank on a rubbish tip. We got woke up every morning by having a load of rotting fish dumped all over us. House <laughs> Prime Drive Funster says champion. Even in its current mix, it fits better on the Miracle album than Rain Must Fall or My Baby Does Me. Freddie was locked in vocally, and Brian's playing throughout the Miracle sessions was some of his technical best. Shame they didn't let it shine on some better material. Yeah, absolutely. Keith Austin says, cracking jam session that should have been a little more polished and included on the Miracle. Moreover, what it does do is show younger bands the way. Experiment, evolve, smile, and have fun. This is music that entertains. Hang on in there, champ. Philip McCarroll says, I probably won't vote Bites the Dust often, but will for this big pile of nothing of a song. Have never rated it. Yeah, yeah so, and I, I hopefully he did rate it, and we'll know whether he... Uh... I think I think he does say it is what he's saying. I, I, I think <laughs> have never rated it. Uh, anyhow, okay, fuck this. I, I'm a horrible reader. Lynn says everything's a champion because I'm still high on a high from seeing Queen and Adam on Monday in Chicago. Fantastic. Well, Lynn, very nice. I'm quite jealous. That'd have been a wonderful concert. Yeah, I've been getting, I've been hearing reports that they're still putting on, you know, a great, great show. So very nice. But they're not coming anywhere near us, Randy. Otherwise, we could have gone. I know. With our seaside pod review tees. <laughs> Throw one up to Brian and Roger and let him, you know. Maybe maybe if you lifted up your shirt and showed him your boobs, Kev. <laughs> Are they boobs when it's a man? I thought they were called moobs. <laughs> well, that was a thing. But didn't we actually uh, find out, Kev, that uh, Australia's premier queen touring act is coming to Saskatoon? One of them. Well, it's not Australia's. I think it's I think it's the kind of the the, the licensed because there was one there was one tribute band that got licensed by the band somehow, and I think it's that one. So oh. it's not Queen Rocks Australia, which I would say is probably the premier Australian tribute you, band. Yeah, because you know, they listen to our podcast. So I, I would certainly say that without any question or doubt in my mind. Okay, over on Facebook, Richard Start says it's a champion, but definitely at the low end. And I think you have to make allowances for the production and arrangement. As for me, it just doesn't sound finished. Saying that, if they had finished it and put it on an album in place of one of the two absolutely dreadful tracks, they'd have probably replaced John and Rog with synth bass and a drum machine, drowning it in synths, and stuck a choral coda on the end. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, right? I mean, that because we hear from the demos that most of these songs or all these songs started with real drums. They were sort of jammed out in the studio, only to be just modern, modernized. Modernized and yeah. awfulized, no. yeah. Yeah. Alan, du- Alan Dudney says, one of my favorite Queen B-sides. So a champion for me. Thank you guys for continuing to make my Thursday two-hour drive home less dull. Hoping for something non-miracle this week. <laughs> yeah, and so are we. Anything from News of the World or the game would be cool. The two songs that I'm wanting the wheel to land on the most, for Randy's reaction especially, are 
don't try suicide and Jesus of which I'm already hearing Randy's ska based cover version of <laughs> Jesus, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes, there's a, yes. There's a Christmas yes. single in the works there, my friend. I think so. I think, yeah, we've got a little flying spaghetti monster Christmas coming here. <laughs> Jesus, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh good lord i think i think my my wife's family would fucking just strike me off the list i'll be out of the will that's for sure uh joe fuller says you haven't reached your peak in quotes the song reminds me of a perfect looking and mentally strong woman but she has a hairy left big toe for some reason i can't get that to order my mind during all of our interactions i want to say just shave that fucking toe i do not say it because i love her too much just as i love queen thank you men for this podcast forever champion That's quite the, uh, I, I, yeah. it's quite the, quite the, uh, I would just say diatribe exactly, but the old hairy left, left big toes. <laughs> Do you remember, remember that's a, a, friend that's of a deal breaker for a lot of dudes. <laughs> well, remember a, a friend of ours, a, a, well, a, 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 made the acquaintance of a young lady, shall we say, and was getting down to the intimate act. And I guess she had hairy nipples. And he oh. said, that was it. I was done. I couldn't. That's couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> uh, that's funny um so here we go pippin no pepin look it says right there you may no, also look. call me pippin well okay yeah. well should we go by pippin then from now on well that's what he says right there he says all right you may also call me pippin i go by many names well let's call him steve then <laughs> <laughs> we'll add one more all right so steve says definite champion <laughs> this one <laughs> if only for the outro I hope they'll play that piece of it when my coffin is put in the fire. Of course, followed by the bloodhound gangs. We don't need no water. Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker, burn. <laughs> Great job again, guys. Hang on in there. Well, Thanks, Pippin. I can't or, say that I've ever heard that song. I, I don't know it. <laughs> or Steve. Or Steve. <laughs> As you shall now be known. Uh, we don't need no water. Let the mother my pal Sean McGinnity um, over at the Sean Geek and Fast Fret, Pro Fast Fret podcast says I like this one it had some character did they knock it out of the park they might have but based on what I've heard from this album on your show so far this track was much better than stuff left on the album yeah so I should tell you too Randy that, uh, Mr. McGinnity I would say is the premier Anne Murray impersonator in Canada at, at this moment he was on the um, the Van Halen podcast and the podcast all right the other day and fucking tore off a, an impression of Anne-Marie that I thought was I, I got chills I thought she was in the room wow that's that's something that's something Sean awesome maybe possibly uh, you know ret a retirement career in the making right there <laughs> Suzanne Morris says I listened again just to make sure and almost considered edging it up to a low tier champion because there are good bits and I like the mood however there are many, many champions to come, which will be no-brainers. So if I have to agonize over this, then there has to be a duster. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, people are telling us why. That's that's all we ever ask for, Randy, right? Like, if you vote things down, just tell us why. Exactly. Russell Watkins says, champion for me, actually better than I remembered it. Good, solid B-side. Yeah, so just get rid of my butt there. Mm -hmm. uh, and Donnie Hall says, it's a champion, but I'm only comparing this to other B-sides. Compared to the whole catalog, it would be a duster. Well, and it's not in the top 50% for me either. No. You know, so, but I'm not, that's, that's not the way I'm voting champion and dust. So but we've all got to find our own sort of bar and then go from there. 
Um, Nick Croft says, champ for me. I've voted before. I've listened to the pod. With a little more work, this one should have been on the main album and replaced some of the other crap on there. I like the changes. I like the riff. I like the jam feel of it and what I think is real drums. You can hear the early demo of this on the Miracle box set just before I want it all. If they had done a little more to this, should have been on the album proper. Uh, I think you two blokes would like this one more than Miracle's single, I hope. Well, I'm not 100% sure what you mean there, Nick. I think maybe um, Autocorrect had a, little, had a little bit of fun with you there, but I totally agree. Um, and like, yeah, all the demos on the Miracle are just fucking aggravating because you see that some of these songs could definitely have been better had they not been produced like every other fucking 90s, 80s, 90s song that was out there. Yeah. James Lawrence says, the best of the B-sides on the Miracle hijack my heart is truly diabolical. Will you ever escape the mid to late 80s? <laughs> you know what, James, before we got on here, we had a little talk about that and we are definitely hoping for that. Uh, no, sorry, this is dust for me, says Serena Shemeka. Having said that, the fading riff at the end is very good. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, and the, the, Sean's here again. He says, champion for me, and I mean for the episode itself. Randy and his sport ball and spicy comments, spice balls, in the beginning put this episode into the Seaside Hall of Fame. I didn't even care about hearing the song at that point. I'll be back to offer my vote on the song itself once I'm done listening. So, and PS, screw sports ball. So there you go. Hey, Randy, you've got a, you've got an ally in the uh, the non-sports ball category camp, and it's uh, Sean McGinnity from Winnipeg. Yeah, that's right. Sean and I are two peas in the pod. He knows. He feels my pain. I hate Winnipeg. Okay, well, you've already said, we're going to spin this wheel up here, Randy. You've already said you want something from the 70s. Is there anything specific that you are thinking of? No, I'm just only going to repeat to you what I said offline, Kev. I remember being a little kid, sitting on the shag carpet, you know, holding up the record and looking into it and singing my lungs out. So I want something from the 70s. I don't even really care. I mean, hopefully it's a good one from the 70s, but that's it. That's my only, uh, my only caveat. And you, young sir? Well, I want to go back because we've only done one song from Sheer Heart Attack. So I want to go back and I want to bang out. I want something just that's absolutely cooking. And I'm thinking the first ever call right between all four members of the band. I want us to stone call crazy. Because I think that'll be a lot of fun tonight. That's a gooder. Well, should we spin it up and see what it gives us? I swear to God, if we get the Miracle kind of Magic again, I'm, I, I don't know, man. I might have to just... Well, I will be very upset, let's say that. No, you know what if we do, though? I think we should do. We should turn this pod, like just this one particular episode... We should just turn it over to somebody else to do. Just call Corey and Mark, maybe. Just call Corey and Mark, and, yeah. and they can just do it, and we'll just drink beer. <laughs> All right, let's see what we're getting. Oh, come on, please. Anything from the 70s. I mean, I'd love, like I said, Stone Cold Craze, but just anything from the 70s. We Oh, no. Well, we are going back to the 70s. We're going back to an album that is a lot of fans' number one album. And this is one of the massive songs on it. What are we listening to, Randy? Spread your wings from News of the World. Well, I got to say, mate, this is a massive, massive, massive palate cleanser. After the stuff we've been listening to, even the better tracks from the 80s, this is just going to be a, a breath of fresh air. I assume that you know this song really quite well. Uh, yes, I would assume I do too. <laughs> Name alone, though, it's like, uh, no. <laughs> it's a little like oh, I think I know it I don't know we'll see I'm pretty sure that it's one of those that as soon as you hear the opening lick you'll be like oh fuck yeah I know, I know this one yep. okay fair enough what is it time for Randy what do, what do we do at this point in this point in the podcast now we spun the wheel uh, being the non-experts that we are what's our next job do your research and now for something completely different oh 
Kev, we have, uh, uh, as discussed previously, Spread Your Wings, written by Mr. John Deacon at 4 minutes 36 seconds. Freddie on the piano and singing. Brian, I think he plays the electric guitar. You guys might have heard that. <laughs> John Deacon, he plays uh, the bass guitar and on this track, the acoustic guitar. And Mr. Roger Taylor on the drums, recorded in London in late 77 and finished up mixing uh, in September by the looks of things with Queen and Mike Stone producing. And uh, I found it quite interesting, Kev, that it reads here on uh, Queen All the Songs that the band had regretted releasing Tie Your Mother Down as a single from A Day at the Races instead of John Deacon's Mm -hmm. You and I, which uh, they thought would have made a better choice. So interesting. I have no idea. And I think going on to say that, you know, I think it was that when they started to realize that John was, was starting to match them you know, in terms of quality of songwriting in, in a lot of cases. So um, I think that thing of all, you know, Time of the Down is, is it's a pretty straight ahead rocker where you and I definitely has a bit more about it. Um, mm-hmm. Just melodically, I think it's just a little bit more interesting. So I think maybe that's what it was, was where when they come into the, the recording sessions for this album, then picking the singles, maybe that's when they're like, okay, well, we should pay more attention to John now because he's actually been writing some good stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. And you said you weren't hundred percent sure. That you know this one, like I said, I'm 95% sure that once it starts, you'll immediately you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I, be, I mean, maybe it won't because we've had that before. I think I've said that a couple of times before and that's not the case, but I'd be, I'd be surprised if this one isn't. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it. When it was released as a single, um, like we said, uh, it only hit 34 on the UK chart. Um, 29 in Germany and 26 in the Netherlands. Didn't chart in the US. I don't think it was released in the US. But as we said, I think it's late. It came out in the US instead. Um, but one of only three singles from the album. So See, we I are wonder... champions. Go on, sorry. I uh, was just sorry. I was just going to say, like, if it wasn't released in the US, I wonder if I know it because. Uh, maybe. Well, I think I'm almost. I'm sure it's on greatest. Is it on Queen? Well, is it on Queen's greatest hits? No, I don't think. There's so. a thing I don't remember if, whether it's on there or not. I don't think so. Let's take a quick looky. It is not on there. Oh. Yeah, see, I might not know. Well, regardless, it is definitely a firm favorite amongst um, Queen fans. Just to let you know that you are in for, it is a good song. Without without tipping my hand too strongly, um, you're you're in for a bit of a treat, Randy. And we will play the video version for this one because it's, there's no edit on this. There's no malarkey. It's just a straight song. And then, so recording the video again is recorded at the same time that they recorded the video for We Will Rock You. Outside in uh, Rogers Garden in Surrey. Yeah. With some snow on the ground, for fuck's sakes. With some snow on the ground. It was icy and cold. Well, delay no longer, good sir. Sammy was low, just watching the show. Over and over again. So I'm going to stop it super early. Do you think you know this one? Got to hear more. Wow, okay. Okay, man, maybe you won't. This, this is great. Maybe this is the first time listening. Well, yeah, I mean, seriously, if it wasn't released in, in, in North America, where the fuck would I have heard it? I mean, yeah, if you didn't have the album, yeah, because it, yeah. it wasn't getting radio play then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So nice piano intro, though. Nice and gentle, nice and soft. 
It's all going swimmingly for the first 20 seconds, yes. Sounds good, hey? The production on this album is really, really strong. It sounds uh, it sounds really quite nice. Yes. You can hear Roger's toms, like or, sorry, you can hear Roger's kick drum. Sounds really, really great, which again that's lacking in the in the in the eighties where you just there's no punch on his kick. Sounds great here. Freddie's vocal is just pretty staggering on this on this song all the way through. John's playing the shit out of this too. <laughs> He's not really sitting in the pocket on this one, which I love. Yes. And saying that, like Roger is actually, you know, there are a few fills in this in this song. Obviously, it's Roger Taylor and it's a, it's a rock song, but but it is more of a ballad type of song. Um, but yeah. it's just kind of sitting, you know, keeping that backbeat grooving along and he's not play, overplaying. Uh, Brian's just playing in some some little licks and just adding a little bit of sauce in, but it's all fairly low-key to this point, you know? Yep. And I think that sometimes bands do that because if you if you've got a vocal like this and the and the lyric is really really strong, you don't want to get in the way of that. And you said I think it was on last week where there was a, a section in hanging in there where Brian was playing like a riff or a little bit of a lick over top of the vocal, and you thought that that was a bit clashy. So I think this is a good example of when they strip that back and they they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, typically on your first verse and stuff, first verse and chorus, you're going to try and keep it as true to sort of the you know the basicness of the of the song so i think that's where we're at here at this point i like that acoustic lead back into the next verse that's really tasty, hey? Just take it off the electric and go back, go do the acoustic. Sounds really neat. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, nice little production choice, yeah. So we're watching the video here, obviously, and you can see that that is not the red special, Randy. It's kind mm-hmm. of a goldy special. So we were reading that, you know, they'd put together this copy for Brian because he said that, you know, having having just the red special was problematic because if something happened, if a string broke or whatever, then he'd have to default to a Fender or a Gibson or something, and they just didn't have the same 
sound as his red special. Of course they didn't. So they built this thing, and I guess it wasn't particularly <laughs> wasn't particularly brilliant in all facets. He said the neck was too thin, and um, that I guess that he in temper at some point he threw it across the stage and snapped the fucking thing in three pieces. It looks it looks pretty pretty you know it looks good from the outside here. The shape, uh, yeah, no, good, yeah, good for good for video shoots. But and you're right, by the way. Sorry, I've just been listening. Uh, we're only two minutes in, but yeah, it, John is quite active on the bass. He's got lots yeah. of runs in and out, so that's pretty cool to hear him have a chance to really kind of be able to let loose, right? Just cut loose, and that's again, you drop everything else out. And the other, I mean, the other thing they did and is noticeable is there's no harmonies on this song, even in the chorus where you would expect actually Queen to really layer up those harmonies. But I think what it does is it really lets Freddie's lead vocal completely shine through. It's, it's one of the most stripped back of the singles from the 70s that they that they released. Might be the most, you know. Mm-hmm. He was smart, had no luck at all. Nothing came easy to him. Now it was time he made up his mind. This could be my last year. I've always loved that because the line is you won't get very far, but Freddie definitely sings you won't get very far. Like he bends that vote. And I don't know why it's a weird thing to do, but it's just always that one of those little things as a queen fan. You go, I like that bit. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Could have been just a, could have been just me missed it slightly and Yeah, for sure, yeah. But, but if, listen through the next time, you're like, oh yeah, he's not quite punching that V. It's not a hard V sound. So Yeah. Almost like the Germans do, you know. They they have trouble with V's and W's. They don't get those the right way around sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's true. I've heard that. This interlude is not part of the episode. Kev just realised during the edit that the song had played for a wee bit too long and was worried about fair use and having the episode taken down. So, you're listening to this nonsense. But, that's enough for now. Back to the song. It's funny because it's got verse, there's a very distinct verse and chorus, but then you also have this kind of post-chorus or this this bridge section that has got lyrics in it and it's repeated, but it's almost like a third section of the song. Like You don't always get that in, in rock songs, right? Like it's, it's not a typical sort of structure for C, a song always. The C section. The yeah. C section, yeah. It's an interesting thing that John brings in and he, you know, he changes it up a little bit. So And for a single too, right? It's not your standard verse-chorus structure. Also, as we're looking at this this uh, original video here too, it's cool to see these guys uh, so young and in their yeah. the prime. They look like young boys. And I think that if I'm not mistaken, Mister Deacon is wearing a I would say that's a Chicago Blackhawks hockey jacket. 
I'm just looking at the logo on the sleeve there, Andy. That sure as heck looks a lot like the Blackhawks old logo to me. Really? I think so, yes. It's got the C with the crossed tomahawks. I'm pretty sure that was the Blackhawks, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. You could be right. I'm not going to argue with you because I don't know for sure. But I'm suspicious. I tell you what, though. I mean, we just paused it there. John looks doesn't always look totally badass sometimes with some of the choices of shirts and pants he wears, but he fucking looks cool there, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he can he looks like he can tolerate it for the moment. <laughs> Come on, honey. That tone's just gorgeous, eh? Pretty nice, Kev. That's a pretty Does nice it... tone old, old uh, Bry's got there. It's almost as though he's known for having really, really nice tone. <laughs> There's a, a guest that the um, podcast will rock boys just had on. A guy called Steve Rosen. Um, it's called Tone Chaser. My Understanding Edward, my 26-year journey with Edward Van Halen. So I love that. A tone Chaser is just a brilliant way of describing most guitarists, I would say. <laughs> And I think that three of my very, very favorite guitarists, and we've talked about this a lot, and I might have even said this on the podcast, I'm just boring people to death, but that's why I like Brian May, Eddie Van Halen, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, is because just they have that, so it's such a singular tone that you just can't mistake it for anyone else, right? I mean, there's lots of copies now, but back then, they just were so unique. No one sounded like that. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. So that's the very hard thing, though, right, is to, is to, is to be your own unique. Yeah person whether you're the vocalist or the guitarist or whatever uh is is to develop your sound and, ha- and have something that's distinctly you and it's it's a lifelong pursuit right and and i would argue with you that I, no there's nobody that sounds like stevie ray anymore and there's nobody that sounds like brian no yeah there's emulators there's i've actually got some pretty great emulators for for the way brian's uh signal chain yeah. is and, and, and it's pretty convincing it's it's the fingers, right? It's the fingers. It's the players. Yeah. It's 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 the player. It's the, it's how he holds it and how, or and same thing with with vocals. All, you know, all all those things. It, it ends up being, you know, stupid. Really quick example. I had this old piece of shit drum set. I was recording uh, a band in, and I had just hauled it in the studio and I mic'd it all up and I and I played it for a second. And it just sounded like shit. I'm like, holy fuck, this isn't gonna fucking work. And then I get a proper drummer in there the next day, and he you know he tunes it up, and I move a few mics around and blah blah blah. And, bingo bango we've got an amazing drum sound it's <laughs> it's, it's the player it's it's the yeah. player a, a really excellent keyboard player will make a casio sound great so true so there you go these are these are masters right but i think i think part of it does come from though and like brian was saying in, in what we were reading there that because he built that guitar of course it doesn't, there's not a fender on the market that's going to sound like that or a gibson because the wood's different and the necks are different with and there's there's all these different things that make that thing just completely unique and the same with eddie because he butchered that fucking frankenstrat to the point where there was no other guitar with that configuration and we're getting a little bit sidetracked here but i think you know the, the music nerds will probably be okay with us talking about it stevie ray was it was it, it was a fender he played right it was just a strat he played but did he fuck with fender it strat. was it sort no. of no so it was just that was just not not to the best of my knowledge though okay. i do believe he tuned e flat and he used really really 
heavy strings. Now, if you right. really want to, if you really want to talk about this, you brought up the wood and, and that's yeah. really an electric guitar is not a huge factor. Not, not as much right. as everybody would sure like to make it be. Uh, it just isn't uh, your pickups and how many times you wind the, you wind the, the, str- the, the, the coil around the magnets. Yeah. That's going to have a far bigger impact on your tone. And then still, I'm just going to reiterate it again. Uh, it's, it's your the fingers, player. it's the player, <laughs> it's how they hold the pick and it's how they phrase those chords and how yeah. they hold this, this a little longer or, or not long enough or how they're early or they're late or they're perfectly on time or yeah, it, it's in the fingers of the player. And, and I, and I, it's just, I, it's just, I will I'll, I'll argue with anybody about that as long as they'd like to <laughs> your elephant fucking rosewood fucking <laughs> African wangy fucking whatever the fuck would you like that you paid way too much for doesn't matter. No, it's not to say that you can string up, you know, a chunk of plywood or anything, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Although it should get loud. The documentary. Um, what's his it, might, it might get loud. Yeah. Jack, Jack, it might Jack get White. loud. Jack White does in yeah. fact string up a, a string across a chunk of plywood with a, with a, a pickup there and a nail yeah just for your listening (laughs) pleasure if you'd like to hear that so a single with a fade out one of the very few, if not, I think it might have been the first one to that point. Maybe. I'd have to go back Madness. and double check that, but I think it's okay on this one. We've all, we've said, but I don't always love a fade out, but I think it's okay there. Um, yeah. yeah. Great little tasty solo too, though, eh? From Brian, like not, not overplaying it at all. Being very selective with the notes. It's a different, it's a different Brian solo. That's mm-hmm. for sure. You know, it's got a different, yeah, he's, 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 almost kind of just finger picking back and forth, just kind of judging by the, you know, even the way he was looked like he was playing it and the way it yeah. sounds kind of just holding chords and, and kind of finger picking. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to hear it again, Kev. Yeah. Well, we'll play it again because that's what we do. So when it's a song that Randy is either completely unfamiliar with or somewhat unfamiliar with, we play it through again so that he can hear it unfettered by my constant and, and irritating, um, <laughs> monologuing, which you're I'm doing not, right now. You're not irritating at all, Kevin. <laughs> here, here we go. Here we, here we go, folks. Spread you I had a little again. aside with the audience there. Hope you didn't fucking hear that. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything. No. Good, I, good, you know, good. It's not like using a really high quality microphone or anything, you know. <laughs> Love that piano tone, too, man. It's just beautiful. Sammy was low, just watching the show. So there we go. That's uh, spread your wings. We're just listening that through again. And Randy's, I can see Randy's been furiously making copious notes so that he can sound, I don't know, shall we say intelligent? That's probably what you're you going for. You're going for intelligent, informed? Not going to happen, Kev. Not going to happen. Oh, that's that's disappointing. I was hoping for some, some insights. Oh, I've got insights. Intelligence, though. Intelligent. <laughs> Sadly lacking. <laughs> Hey, there's the Chewy impression again. <laughs> I like it when that one comes up. <laughs> I have no idea how you do that. It's one thing I can, I can do voices and accents and those kind of things. I cannot do that. No. No. Not hard. Well, maybe when I come over next time, you can show me how it's done. 
<laughs> it's probably a tutorial on the. It's probably it's a tutorial for everything now. <laughs> okay, well, I believe Randy that you voted first last week. If my notes oh. are correct. Well, let's assume they are. So, Kev, that means you get to go first. Uh, is spread your wings a champion, or does it bite the dust? How about you? Is this one? Are you going to join me? Is this one of the champions for you? What did he? Was there something about it that was just a bit lacking? Is this someone going to bite the dust? Is Randy going to fuck me and put this in the dustbin? Oh man, wouldn't the folks be up in arms? <laughs> you know, I've sometimes said that I'm. I'm not too sure how you're going to vote on this one. I was pretty sure on this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would have been utterly stunned if you'd uh, downvoted this one because, I mean, what's not to love about it? Um, I, I just going through a few little notes that I'd written down. Um, I love the broken chords on the piano in the intro because they're they act in sort of they, they move in different directions to the vocal melody at points where it, you know, it's kind of a neat trick when you do that. If you if you descend on the piano while the vocals are ascending, it, it always gives it that really rich sound and really rich yeah, feel. For sure. And I love that piano. That piano has been recorded so well too, and I'm sure it's a grand. But it sounds really good, hey? Yeah, it does. Yeah, the production sounds really quite nice. Yeah. Um, we were talking about, you know, the, the Brian guitar solo doesn't sound very Brian-y. You know, it's not what you would expect from '70s Queen, but then you do get some of that in there because he's playing some of those licks with his, you know, either his harmony sort of thing or he's he's playing multiple parts, but very tastefully and very lightly. And then there's a really nice little sort of crunchy riff kind of thing that he plays at the end of the last chorus before the outro and solo. So he is still playing a fair bit. He's just not going completely overboard with it. And I'm sure that that was, you know, just decided fairly, fairly early on. I, Fred's vocal delivery on this. I mean, we talk about Freddie Mercury's vocals lots. This is one of his, for me, is one of his absolute top tier vocal performances. Just the emotion in his voice and the way he sort of cracks in different places, pull yourself together. Cause you know, you could, man, it's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal singing. Yeah. Well, of course, think it was last episode we said that (laughs) queen gets a lot of free passes because of freddie's excellent showmanship and and vocal and and just overall you know superb talent uh so you know i so first of all it does sound great it it definitely sounds of the era uh roger's drums really sound like they were recorded in the 70s and which of course they were um really nice to hear deacon play a little something more than just whatever root note yeah. somebody probably told him to play. And yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's interesting. So the outro solo of, of Brian is that kind of that sort of a, a picky sort of a, just sort of a picking arpeggiated kind of part, which is, which is different than what he normally did. And then in that little quick, quick little turnaround section, he does do a little classic Brian, whatever yeah. the fuck the lick is. Right. Uh, which is, is very nice. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Freddie just sings the, the fucking shit out of it and and i did have a quick browse at the lyrics and you know it's it's, it's not shakespeare but it's 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 good it's good and it's telling yeah. a story and and uh yeah i just i just think it's an all, an all around a pretty great song so now this was not on on greatest hits that i had right so this is and this is probably going to blow some people's minds <laughs> uh and they'll say well, how could you be a queen's greatest hits fan if you don't know their greatest hits 
I'm talking about that one album that we got here in North America, and this was not on it. Yeah. So for me, this is the first time I've heard it, and and That's I can amazing. see why I can see why why people why people like it. You know, I can see it. Yeah, I can I understand mean, it. the chorus when you get to the chorus. You know, spread your wings and fly. It's just so it's so relatable. Again, we talk about universal truths and when writers write well, even though John was writing about, you know, it, there was something specific to John is what we were yeah. reading. Yeah. Um, and he, he said in an interview, and John didn't give interviews very often, obviously, and he said, the song has to do with... Um, Some hard times he was going through. The song has to do with a number of personal experiences from recent years. I'd rather not say in detail because I don't like to explain songs, which I always think I tend to sort of agree with that. Um, so people should figure it out for themselves. Um, and then he said, one thing I found interesting, he says, of course, money is wonderful, but I don't need to be very rich. I just don't want to fall back into a state of poverty, which a number of fairly famous musicians have ended up in. I want to try to keep something for the future. So there's definitely, like you said, there's, there's that sort of narrative component. And it was probably the first narrative song that he tried to write, you know, like a story song. Um, but it's got that sort of, again, it's got that universal truth, spread your wings and fly away. It's got that, you know, and any sort of teenager can relate to that, right? You know, he, since he was small, he had no no luck at all. Nothing came easy to, to him. Now it was time he'd made up his mind, this could be my last chance. So that's, fuck, everyone's felt that they just need to get out of the, their hometown now and again, right? Oh, fuck yeah. It's pretty interesting too. I, I find just in the personalities of the guys, how John Deacon at this age is worried about dying penniless. Yeah. And not having any money. Whereas I don't, I don't know how old he was, but probably most. Musicians about that age would have been just partying with like reckless abandon with absolutely no consideration for the future of any kind, which had that, you know, me in that situation would have been an awful lot more like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's just not, e there's not even any fucking question. Well, yeah, he was 26 yeah. when the album came out, right? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, but it, John was always sort of, you know, he, well, he was of course. the one band member who... Yeah. Kept, kept track of all that kind of stuff and made sure that the accounts were being done properly and blah, 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 right? He was kind of the business head in the in the band. So, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I, and again, just so hooky. Like, it's such a great hook in the chorus. You know, when mm -hmm. Queen at their best write those. And I, I do think it's, I've, I've never actually really paid much attention to or thought about the fact that there are no harmonies on this. And I think it's so much better because there aren't. Because it really lets that sort of the plaintiveness of those lyrics, the way Freddie's singing them, they're just so so much more impactful, I think. So this, in terms of albums, is is which album in in just in the order of albums, Kev? Seventh. So they've released six studio albums before this one. Hang on, I'm just going to count one, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry, it's the sixth. So this is the sixth album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting because yeah, they definitely had. I mean, their their Queen sound is on full display. But you're right. They've they've throttled it back in 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 a few different ways. I think you know. Yeah. Obviously, in one, you know, being in the harmonies, and then two, I would say with Brian's guitar uh, production, which obviously, as we know, he's, you know, sometimes he goes absolutely apeshit and yeah, fucking, you know. But it was kind of a conscious thing that they did with News of the World because you know seventy sevens right around the time when punk's coming along, so the more stripped back aesthetic is sort of is carrying the day, and they always had their ear on sort of what was going on a little bit, so. There aren't as many huge bombastic songs on this album, you know, because Day at the Race is is so big. It's a massive, massive sonic album. There's lots and lots of laid guitars in it. There's tons of vocal harmonies. So I think it was that thing of well, let's step back and just get back to the bones of the song, which is always a good thing to do from time to time. I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great little bit in the middle too, though. And I mean, you know, we we didn't really talk about because really the rhythm section in this song is is John is the the absolute badass. Where quite often it is Roger, but there's a lovely little bit in the 
it's that middle section um, that he's keeping his thoughts to himself. He'd be leaving soon, where he does that thing where we where a drummer inverts the kick and the snare. So he comes. It sounds like he's coming off beat, but he's just putting the you know the the snare on the one and and the kick on the end. So it, again, just little just those little things. I always like listening for those in songs. Yeah, musicians doing musicy things. Yeah, but that's again that sort of good studio musicians, right? Well, okay, that's that's good, but how can we change it? How can we just tweak that just a little bit, just to make it a bit more interesting and keep things flowing a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I mean, it's virtually flawless in terms of the performance from each musician, I would say. It's one of those songs that it's got no rough edges. There's nothing you'd really change. It's not too long at four minutes, whatever it was, four minutes. What did we say? Four minutes, 36? 436, yeah. It did not seem too long, no. No. Cool song, man. That's a really fucking cool song, and it's one that um, I would say... 90% 90% plus of Queen fans would say that this is the best song that John Deacon wrote for the band. I think I'm, I think I'm fairly safe saying that. You think you're safe saying that, hey? I think I'm safe, yeah. And it wouldn't be uh, You're My Best Friend? I think most people tend to go with this one. Because for me, You're My Best Friend is... Is above it? Yeah, by, by a measurable stretch. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad song. I'm nope. just saying that You're My Best Friend's... Uh, well, and I'd have to sit and listen because I fucking love you, my best friend, and I love you and I, and I love plenty of other Deaky songs. So I don't know. There's just something, like I said, there's something about there's something about the stripped back nature of this song that's always just kind of grabbed me. It's one another one of those songs that I loved it the first time I heard it. I've loved it all my life. I still love it now. I still never get sick of hearing it. You know, it's one just one of those songs that's part of my fucking Queen DNA. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I'll I'll say this. So like last week we had Hang On in there or whatever, which. Mm-hmm. Which reminds me of the, reminds me of you're in the doctor's office and there's that cat that's hanging on the <laughs> tree. That's like, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember the song. I didn't probably the next day. Uh, but I would say that, I would say this would be one of the ones that I would, would probably add to my, I mean, I don't have a playlist. Yeah. Let's just say I did. Uh, this one would probably go on it. Excellent. That's excellent news because it should do. It's on all of mine. It always makes everyone... I mean, it's on my favorite Queen album, too. Well, I go back and forth on between News of the World and Queen, too, but it, News of the World generally is my favorite, so... You are yeah. all over the place, though, aren't you, Kev? Well, you know, I'm inconsistent. Prone to uh, hyperbole and, and changing my mind, you know. Mm. Mm. You know who else is prone to fucking being very unpredictable and inconsistent? is our listeners. So what yeah. we've got to do now is try and guess how they're going to vote on this. Um... Those unpredictable bastards. Yeah. And I have to fucking vote first on this one. Oh, well, I think, is... e- I think this is going to be an easy one, you know, because I would, and I've said this before, if anybody has their finger on the pulse <laughs> of the queen fandom, <laughs> it's our very own Kevin Brown, <laughs> oh, who I'm not Lord. sure if you knew this or not, but he also hosts a Tom Petty podcast, Ultimate Catalog Clash. He's a guest on many, many podcasts. He's not feeling worth a shit tonight, and here he is podcasting for you. <laughs> he's not doing it for he's doing it for he's doing it for the good of humanity, which, if you think about it, is big. And Kevin is big, bigly. I mean, I'm getting bigger by the day. <laughs> Rotund of tummy. No, I I think this is going to come back really high. I think yeah, it's going to be one of the no-brainers where the the, out, the people so. who downvote this are going to be huge outliers. I think even the cynics 
even the contrarians. So I'm going to go 95-5. I think this is an absolute slam dunk. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Where does that leave me? Hey, that doesn't leave a lot of room. Uh, then I'll, I'll go 90 then. I'll go 90. I'll go 90-10. Yeah. It could, we could be splitting the difference there. It could be, this one could be the, the closest in terms of where it lands, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're just so, so, and this is truly, this is truly the first time I've heard it. So, yeah. Uh, but you're so certain that it is such a, a, a classic that I'm, that's why I'm voting as high as I am. And, and, and it, it's a fine song. I can see, I can see yeah. why. There's just nothing I would change. Again, I always, that's the first point, right? The first place you start, I think, with any song is, is there anything I can take out? Is there anything I would change? Is there anything that I think, eh, that's not the best thing. There's nothing in this song that I think, mm-hmm. there's no note that you could change in this song that would make it any better. So that's, that's always my starting position. From there, I just think it's a perfect What song. if, what if they did this, Kev? Uh-oh. What if they replaced the bass with a synth bass and they replaced all of Roger's drums with some synth drums of some style and then we use auto-tune on fred's vocal as much as possible yeah and let's just get bry right out of there you know what (laughs) let's just get him right out of there and let's bring in i don't know a whole different guitar player Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that would elevate this to the, to the next. Maybe that's yeah, why I only like, got to number 34 in the chart. To, just really try <laughs> to top this tune right up. That's the thing that they did, though. And that's what, again, it's the thing that sort of makes some of us Queen fans just frustrated because it's like, okay, you're still writing decent songs or good, decent to good songs and then just slathering them this with this hokey production aesthetic. Like, just leave them alone. You know, if you, if you overproduce this song, it would suffer. Yeah. Case in point, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No one. Well, great. great. I'm, we've had a fucking banger. Finally. I mean, we've been. It's been a while. I mean, it's been a while. It's since been a actually, while. Any, anything that we have, anything in modern history that we voted or upvoted has been yeah. like, you know, we're like 52% or whatever metric you want to use. Yeah. We're like, it barely slides over. So finally, we've got one that's like, okay, yeah, this is this is a fucking good one. I mean, Prince of the Universe, who wants to live, well, Who Wants to Live Forever is, is a like a top shelf Queen song for me. Prince of the Universe, I love, but it isn't in the same league as this. I mean, the last, like, the last 70s song that we had was, really was sort of, um, a good one was I'm In Love With My Car, even though we fucking absolutely panned the lyrics. Before that, I think Save Me was the last one that was really sort of at this level where this, mm-hmm. probably, this probably could have made the greatest hits if it was, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't. It was certainly yeah. wouldn't have been out of place on that record. So, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that it. I mean, I guess they probably didn't put it on. So the greatest hits that I have mm-hmm. was it specific to the North American market? I wonder. Because, I think so. Possibly. Because, this, like you said, if they didn't release this in North America, yeah, there's not a chance in hell that. What year was it? Seventy eight. They were off the thing right now. Seventy seven. Yeah. Seventy seven. See, there's no way that a. You know, I guess I've already given away my age many, many mm-hmm. times, but. There's no way that a seven-year-old Randy is going to fucking find spread your wings by fucking Queen. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, uh, you know, so I, you know, so I came into Queen in the, another one by Dust Era and then, and then started to kind of yeah. be the, the greatest hits fan that I am and, you know, listening to whatever I could find and learning you know, some guitar licks and, and I, you know, with, with the, uh, the, you know, the Brian May, uh, what's his little solo thing that we already did a little bit on. Starfleet. Starfleet. Yeah. And so that's how, that's how I come to all this queen business. Uh, so I'm actually interested to hear what our North American listeners know of this song and yeah. think of this song. 
uh, I'm sure they're all diehard Queen fans, so they'll be like, "Fuck Woods, Jesus fucking Christ!" <laughs> the well, fuck you, are you, you doing on this? What are you doing on this podcast? That's what they're saying <laughs> to themselves. Why is this guy even here? Just <laughs> you just have fucking brown on here. Oh, can you imagine how insufferable that would be? Fucking done. Get it done. It would be insufferable if it was just me. Good God. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. All right, well, there. Spread your wings, folks. Um, we're going to put the poll up, of course, as we always do, um, and ask you the question whether this is a champion or if it bites the dust for you. But I have a question for Mr. Woods. Are you ready for it this week, Randy? I Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not able to prepare, so... <laughs> Oh, I guess, yes. <laughs> you can gird your loins. That's all you can do. <laughs> all right, so here's my question for you this week, Mr. Woods. What swear word would you like repeatedly shouted by a drunk man at your funeral? The drunk man is turning up regardless, and he's going to shout something, so you might as well choose. <laughs> so just, just a swear word, or is this like a statement? Like, can he say, like, sort of a more than... More than just like fuck you or whatever. As long as as long as there's profanity in it, yeah, I, I'll give you some license here. Okay, so here we go. I want them to yell as loud as they can, as often as, as they can. <laughs> go fuck yourself. You're not a real cardinal. <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> Dearly what beloved, I... we are gathered here. Fuck you. You're not a real cardinal. Uh, to <laughs> honor the memory of a dear. Fuck you. You're not a cardinal. <laughs> Absolute carnage. Uh, what I about mean, you, Kev? Come on, what, what about you? You, you got to have one. Come on. What before that though? Well, hey, let's make a pact. Whichever one of us goes first has to shout <laughs> this. <laughs> okay, but I'll do it. But it's got to be in a mankini. You know, oh Jesus Christ! By the time we're old and oh God, my good Lord, that's going to be awful. Yes, yes, there's it a, will be. Is the the old Dylan Morin joke? Now, historically, there hasn't been a big demand for male lingerie from women because there's a limited amount you can do with male genitalia. There's a limited amount you can do with anything that looks like it's hanging out of the side of a shark's mouth. And... <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't... Um, I think just someone shouting fuck off over and over and over would be... Be extremely funny. funny it would just be very very fun <laughs> like one of the old but like but like an old um like an old fruit seller on the market fuck off yeah. fuck off <laughs> Get oranges your fresh melons. fuck off over fuck here off. <laughs> so that's what i'll go with so a little bit shorter a little bit punchier a little punchier yeah that's right uh, and well, people would have to have listened to our podcast to realize why well, that's funny for mine <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think we get any new listeners, are we, Randy? Are we interested in new listeners? I think we've got, we're pretty happy with the crew we've got, are we not? I think we are. I think we are. And you know what? I'm not sure that any of them are turning up at my funeral anyhow. So. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of weirded the dick because they don't know where you fucking live. Well, they do know the city. Kev, yeah, we've told them where You've just got to keep browsing the, the Star Kleenex to see the mm -hmm. look at the obituaries. And when they see that name come up, maybe they'll just fucking flock here in their thousands, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i've said it before I, i'm just really kind of hoping that my wife shows up really beyond that I mean, <laughs> we'll see anything anything above that's just fucking gravy man well if i'm around i'll come mate i'll come and i'll tell you another real card ah, i'll, I'll, hush, you know I'll hushedly whisper it though 
But you know what? Let's just say you're busy and you've got work. That's fine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, sorry, Randy. I couldn't make the funeral. I was uh, yeah. I was too busy um, picking lint yeah. out of my belly button. Very important. Yeah, I've got work. Sorry, I can't make it. <laughs> you know what? I would like to talk about real quick before we leave. What is your impression of the new Beatles tune, Now and Then? Good question. I was wondering whether we were going to talk about that, and then I totally forgot about it. Um, I think it's for what it is, which yeah. is an unreleased John Lennon track. It wasn't a Beatles song. Mm, I think yeah, it's, but it is, it is now, though. So Yeah, I mean... It, it, look, it's a it's a good song. It's well written. It's beautifully produced, beautifully arranged. Is it one of the strongest Beatles songs? Like it would it, does no. it stand up to right? So, so of course it's not. But for what it is, just just hearing John's voice again and hearing Paul harmonizing with him and and George playing him, of course. I mean, who doesn't want to hear that? You know. So yeah, yeah. And the AI the AI technology to strip John's voice out and clean it up and get it to the place where it is. Yeah, it's fucking yep. phenomenal. I mean, yeah. It's it's it and it's good and it's a good song. It's a good song. I, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. And you're right. The production's great. Sounds great. Just imagine that we're getting a new Beatles song in 2023. Even just whatever the fucking, the song is for me, it's like, oh man, so great. Uh, and you know, a few years ago when they did uh, Real Love and uh, what was the other free one? As, free as a Bird. Free as a Bird. Yeah. I mean, there again, sort of not knockout tunes or anything, but, no. uh, but I was happy to have those too. So, so this is, this is pretty great. And it kind of yeah. makes you wonder. Uh, if there's anything else in the vault that they might be able to restore, but of course, you know, then you wouldn't maybe have uh, George playing on it because, of course, George played on this yeah. from that previous era. So, yeah, I mean, this is truly going to be the last, the last one. And you know, it's still, it's, it's, you're right. It's John singing, and it sounds like John, and yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a fucking Beatles song. So, and maybe, maybe the drums could have been, they could have maybe, I don't know, they could have made, maybe made them sound a bit more of the era. They yeah. sound a bit modern. But whatever, that's a minor, that's minor nitpicky stuff. So. And that's my only nitpicky quibble with it is it does sound modern, which mm. of course it fucking does because it's been it was recorded. You know, they re, I think they re-recorded their parts in was it like ninety five, ninety five, right? So yeah. yeah, something around there. So of course yeah. it's going to going to use modern production aesthetics and everything else. Like, of course, but but it, it, it's it's a good song. I mean, come on, anyone who says it isn't the good, it's kind of curious why Lennon never used it. To be honest, like it's strong enough that you would have thought it would have made an album. Yeah, well, I mean, not, maybe not to him, but, mm -hmm. or maybe he just thought it needed more work or who knows. That's always, it's always kind of a toss up when, uh, when an artist dies and, and, you know, family or whoever it is, whoever owns the state starts going through their, their yeah. stuff because, you know, if, if they didn't put it out and saying it's good enough, then is it, was it, I mean, yeah. so it the same time as a fan i'm so happy to hear something with john singing on it that i'm happy uh of course i'm a, I'm a nobody artist but i mean i have probably 30 songs on my computer here that i would rather not you know people not hear because to me they're not good enough to be released yeah so are they one of those i don't know i don't know it, yeah like you said i mean we got a new a new beatles song you know it's, I, so i don't mind that. and i mean even to the point where you know some of the stuff on the Miracle Collector's Edition or some of the, the stuff that's come out from Queen, it's never going to be end up on my top Queen table because it, it, it just wasn't good enough because it didn't make the albums or it didn't make B-sides. But I still like hearing Fred's voice again. And I still yeah. like hearing the, the guys playing again. So, and imagine, I mean, just imagine for, you know, George, Paul and Ringo, how cool that must have been to just be able to work on a song together again and have George, John's voice there. And, you know, so, yeah, no, it, it's gravy. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Got to be pretty amazing. 
for 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 them and for us, for us Beatles fans, because there are yeah. people, strange people, Randy, very strange people in the world who are not Beatles fans. Yeah, I I follow a subreddit, uh, on Reddit clearly, uh, called Gen X, obviously aimed at people in our particular uh, mm-hmm. age group, and there was a surprising number of Gen Xers that did not like the Beatles, and I was yeah. really surprised. I thought that was a Gen X thing. Uh, I mean, clearly they're they're a boomer band, but I thought that they, I thought they transcended into the, into us Gen Xers. But not everybody digs the Beatles, and you're right. Uh, I'm not sure I can trust those people. I think so. I, I especially, and I'll be serious for a second on this, but I'm always a little bit wary about musicians who say they don't like the Beatles, or, or, or especially people who say, "Oh, they suck." It's just like, okay, I think you're probably just trying to be a little bit edgy there. Because they yeah. clearly they don't fucking suck. I mean, give me, give me. I mean, all the bands that you listen to, if you even if you're into punk or whatever, they're all fucking influenced by the Beatles. Because they just just changed. They moved the needle so far that there was no coming back from it, right? And yeah, they didn't invent rock and roll. They were playing a lot of black music and all this kind of stuff. But they were just so influential on on everything. Yeah, and they, they wrote, and more importantly, they wrote fucking good songs. So yeah, and. Like a fucking truckload of good songs, too. They didn't just absolute write absolute truckload of them. Yeah, you know, they didn't just write like a couple, a couple of big hits. Like yeah. they wrote a fucking bunch of them. So, yeah, uh, and you know, actually, you know, so Ke- Kev and I often we've we've said, "Hey, so what's your what's your favorite band?" You know, blah blah blah, in this genre or whatever. So, and I think I speak for you. Uh, so, for first of all, the best band is the Beatles. And so let's, we don't even talk about that anymore. And then we just work our way down because Mm -hmm. the Beatles are the best pop band, in my opinion, uh, of, of the modern era. Uh, and I, you know, I don't even really listen to that style of music too much anymore, but that's, they're still, that's, there's, that's still them. So. Yeah. They were just so much better than everyone else at doing that very specific thing. Right. And again, I mean, it's a bit unfair when you, when you're loaded with talent like Lennon and McCartney in the same band, and then you've got George Harrison as well. I I know. Yeah. And is uh, yesterday, the day before, whenever the fuck it was, you and I were talking about the Kinks. Yeah, what a great, what a fucking great band. And in in a way, they were overshadowed by yeah by the Beatles, the Who, uh, Stones. But those guys, man, I'll hold them up to them any fucking day, songwriting wise. Yeah, uh, and and I, I do believe as our conversation went, the only thing I think maybe the Kinks suffered from was not having the the the, the cute the cute guys the cute. Yeah, the cute Paul McCartney and the the cute uh, well, yeah, because Jag- Jagger or whatever. Yeah, Ray, right? Ray Davis looks a bit like a horse with leprosy. He's just not an aesthetically they're pleasing not, man, right? I mean, they're <laughs> not the best looking dudes. <laughs> <laughs> they just aren't. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, the Kinks are the only band I'd put up on the same, the, the only sort of English band from that era that I'd put up on yes. the same level as the Beatles. Definitely not the Stones or the Who. I mean, I, as much as I fucking love both of those bands, yeah, they're not in that yeah. same bracket in terms of songwriting and just like you said, just the sheer volume of like, fuck me, wow. Just hit after hit after hit after hit. Like the kinks up to 70 were the same yeah. fucking thing, man. Every album was just jam packed with them. Yeah, they just, yeah. And very, very interesting tunes. Anyhow, fuck, we're, we should start a fucking kinks podcast. There we go. <laughs> Next project. <laughs> Got to come up with a pun name for it, though, eh? Mm-hmm. Muswell Pod Muswell Billies. There we go. <laughs> Episode 54. We sure have talked a lot about Queen. Do you think we'll be able to keep up this pace? Is there anything really more to be said? I think yes. I think yes, there's more to say. But I might repeat myself 
so apologies in advance. Now, you know, if I were to title this episode, I'd call it, Who Does Sammy Think He Is? Or, possibly, Does the Emerald Bar Serve Deep Fried Pickles? Hmm. We genuinely appreciate your engagement. So you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Point Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. Deep Dive Podcast Network. You know them. They know you. Why not just get together and make some sweet podcast love? We'll be back with you next week to chat about Queen. Kiss Cabby. Who says you need to buy a guitar?